My dad was the same way though, too. Like there is four of us kids growing up and we're just very hyper kids. And so at night, my dad's like, all right, feet underneath the couch, thousand sit-ups, let's go. And like, we're just stupid stuff like that. So I just grew up with like endurance, like long number, a lot of numbers and all of that. So. (laughs) Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barband.com. Today, I'm talking to Bethany Shadburn, a multi-time CrossFit Games athlete who finished in the Games Top 10 in 2019. While many top Games athletes seem to only highlight their biggest lifts and fastest wad times, Bethany is better known on social media for the minutiae. Hundreds of thousands of people tune into her posts for creative prehab and warm-up exercises, a routine Bethany prioritizes because of a history of injuries and back pain. Bethany joins the podcast to talk about games training during quarantine, body parts CrossFitters tend to neglect, and why she almost stopped training completely in the months leading up to her outstanding 2019 games performance. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listened to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Barbend newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com newsletter to become the smartest person in your gym. Now let's get to it. Bethany Shadburn, thanks so much for joining us. The first thing I have to ask about, and this is this is me creeping on Instagram a little bit, uh, <laughs> It's it's about your home gym setup because it's yeah. not really a home gym. It's more like a living room with a bunch of barbells in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of equipment. <laughs> uh, how, how did how did that come about? Like, tell us, uh, you know, what's what was the timeline on that when you were like, wait, I got to grab all this equipment. I just have to put it in my living room. Oh man, yeah, it was like the week that everything started shutting down. Um, well, our gym was. I think a lot of gyms were doing this, but um, they were just like running out equipment to people. And it was like basically the last day before it was quote unquote shut down time for, for Austin, for Texas. And I was like, okay, uh, can I just take everything? (laughs) And my coach was like, yeah, yeah, of course, take what you need. And so I took like four or five trips over (laughs) and got what I needed as far as equipment goes. And I got everything. I got like a rogue echo bike. I got the, the rower up here. I have like a 45 degree, uh, glute ham thing. I got a trap bar, sandbag, plates, wall ball, kettlebells, you name it. I got it. <laughs> or at least I tried. Got some. Okay. Well, <laughs> by the time this, we're recording this podcast a few weeks ahead of time, by the time this podcast releases, uh, you know, you might be, some of that equipment might be back in, in the gym as, yeah, as <laughs> Texas, as Texas reopens a bit. But I, I have to ask, during those four trips, what did you prioritize? Like, what was the first thing you got? And then what was the last thing you took? Um, I think at first I was like, okay, at least I need like a barbell and some plates. That would be good. And some dumbbells because I knew I could do a lot with dumbbells and kettlebells. So I made sure to get stuff like that. Um, and then as the trips kept going, I was like, well, I mean, I could use a trap bar. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll take that. And I was like, well, better take a wall ball too. And then I was like, oh, I guess I should take a rower. So like all the aerobic equipment kind of came last, but I was like, I should probably get some of that stuff too. I could use that for sure. And uh, the echo bike works pretty good in the apartment because it's pretty quiet compared to the salt bike. So, mm-hmm. um, I was like, all right, 
get the echo bike and put it in the salt bike. <laughs> but that was, uh, it's not fun taking up and down the stairs. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I was I was talking to Tim Paulson, who uh, is one of the owners, uh, another CrossFit Games athlete, one of the owners of CrossFit Ithaca in New York, and he explained that when he was giving out equipment for his members to borrow, he was shocked because, of course, the weights went first, you know, barbells, plates, kettlebells, dumbbells, kettlebells and dumbbells first because, like, people can have those in their apartments and, right, and things right. like that. And he said, no one took any rowers. So it's always interesting to me. I've talked to people and everyone's like, okay, I'll take the fun stuff. And everyone's leaving the cardio equipment at the end or just not taking it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was actually surprised about like how how many rowers were still at the gym by the time like I got my stuff. Because I was like one of the last ones to get stuff. Because I wanted like all the members to get their equipment, whatever they needed first. And I was like, oh man, there's still like five or six rowers left. That's surprising. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shocked because like, look, if you're, if you're doing home workouts for a period of a few months, kettlebells workouts, sure. Dumbbell workouts. That sounds great. Maybe a barbell and plates if I have space, but do I want to row for two months? Or do I want to stuck, be stuck inside with a rower or a bike? Oh, those are gonna be- I know, most people are like salt bike. No, nah, I'm not taking that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, just, I'll leave that. We'll get back to we'll get back to it later. This will be a hypertrophy phase. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone's going bodybuilding now. <laughs> well, you're someone you're someone who's done bodybuilding in the past. Yeah. Are you are you you know training at home? You have a lot of equipment. You can you can do cardio stuff. You're a games athlete. You have to be pretty well rounded. Are you focusing on anything in particular with these workouts? Um, it's definitely, it definitely has been more like hypertrophy just because like I'm limited on how much weight I can lift. Like I don't have a squat rack. So I have, when I squat, it's squatting from the ground. So I have to clean it. Um, so definitely more like 12 to 15 reps, sometimes 20 reps, <laughs> which isn't ideal. I mean, it's fine for CrossFit, but for me personally, like the weightlifting and the heavy lifting is where I kind of fall short. So I'm like, ah, man, this kind of sucks. But I mean, everyone's kind of in their own positions where they don't have certain things that they need to work on. So it's kind of like, whatever, just kind of have to work around it for now and then hit it hard once we can get back into the gym. How are you feeling about your, about your shape, your conditioning, your strength relative to roughly this time last year? Uh, well, last year wasn't a good year for me either. So I feel like I'm in the same boat. (laughs) Luckily it wasn't, it wasn't a good year. You finished top 10 at the games. Well, yeah, but I had a terrible year leading up to it. I was, I was out for eight weeks in January with my back and then it just, my back was just messed up basically the whole year. And then even three or four weeks leading up to the games I was out. So, uh, there was a lot of, missing of training that I did last year as well. So leading up to the games, I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Just don't embarrass yourself. (laughs) Don't get laughed. Don't get cut on like the first round. Like at least make it through the second cut. Um, but I, I don't know. I just surprised myself last year with the, not the training that I wanted to do leading up to the game. So I feel like I'm almost in the same boat as far as like how much training I've done <laughs> leading up to the game. So it'll be, it'll be interesting year for sure. Well, let's talk about that. I actually had no idea that you were so unhappy with your training and with your shape going into the games last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you finished top 10 and the, and the thing about the games last year, it was the first iteration of the competition under the new cuts. So, you know, half the field gets cut day one and then every workout, it's just a big cut, a big cut. So the top 10 athletes who were left had a lot of eyeballs on them. You got a lot of camera time. I was doing commentary on pretty much the whole thing. We were streaming it on barben.com. And Bethany Shadburn was there (laughs) 
the whole competition. Yay. <laughs> when did you realize that the games might turn out better for you than you might have anticipated during that competition? Honestly, it was kind of like event by event because one, we didn't know the events literally up until like an hour before we were warming up and going into it. So honestly, after every cut, I was like, I'm getting cut. I'm getting cut this round for sure. Like it it was just my, my mindset was just like, Oh my gosh, like I just don't feel like I'm in the shape I need to be in. Like the day before or like two days before the game started is when I touched a barbell. Um, like I hadn't touched a barbell three weeks before the game. So I picked up 65 pounds for a snatch and I was like, okay, this is how it's going to (laughs) be. But I think just, I think over the years, just being able to compete at a high level, um, even in like, I was a gymnast growing up and I've always just kind of competed and I love competing. Um, and that's kind of where I thrive is on the competition floor. So I think just, I don't know, just everything just kind of came to me and I was like, all right, I can do this. And things just kind of worked out, but definitely leading up to it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is not gonna, this is not gonna work. And then even after each event, I was like, definitely getting cut, getting cut this round for sure. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched the 2019 CrossFit (laughs) games, uh, Bethany doesn't get cut. She makes the, she makes the top 10. So she competes the whole way does, does very well. But do you think that might have been a blessing in disguise for you know not being able to really do a lot of barbell work in the weeks and even months leading up to the games, not being able to lift heavy? I mean, maybe that was kind of a forced deload that that yeah. left you well rested. What do you think for about that? Sure. Yeah, and I, you know it's funny because that happens pretty much every year. Um, I've had ba- a bad back since my gymnastics time, so like since I've been twelve, so over a decade. Um, and it never fails anytime I get ready, especially for like a CrossFit competition, like a major one. Um, my back just happens to just not do so hot and I have to take off like a couple of days or even weeks before a competition. And I think it's just because I try to do too much leading up to the games. And that's, it, it happens like with competitions because with CrossFit, it's just about, you know, volume and how much you can handle, especially doing three or four days of competing in a row. So you're like, I need to do more. Um, and sometimes less is more. And that's what I've kind of learned over the years. And I'm like, I'm not a spring chicken anymore and I'm getting older. So, uh, well, especially like my training age, uh, it's just less is more. So I'm trying to, I think my body's trying to teach me a lesson like, Hey, I think you should, uh, calm it down a little bit before a competition and just relax. Like you got it. Your body's there. <laughs> so yes, it's a blessing guys. Training age is such an interesting concept to me, and it's something that it kind of sounds like bro science. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that you know your your observations are are very valid. You have put a lot of stress on your body over the years. Like it it takes a toll, right? right. But you say people say training age, and it, it means different things for different people and different sports. And even in the CrossFit at the CrossFit Games, you see people who are masters athletes competing in the individual fields. Sam Briggs is a great example, right? I don't know. Right. I don't know anyone who's done more work than she has over the yeah. past 10 years. Yeah, amazing. But to that concept, it certainly has an impact on on how you train, knowledge of your body, your ability to recover. It's true that we just recover not as well as we get older, our recovery gets yeah. worse. <laughs> how long do you want to be competitive in this sport? And what impact does that mindset or that outlook have on how you approach your training? Right. Um, 
Well, I think like any athlete, like we want to be able to do it for as long as we can. And there, there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's, it's your mindset too. Like some, a lot of athletes say like when you're not happy being in the gym and training every single day, like you're going to have your bad days, of course. But if it's like every single day that you're just unhappy, then it's time to time to stop, you know? So that's, that's one factor to play into it. But, um, also it's just how your body responds to the training too. So, I want to go as far as I can. Um, I, at the other hand, I do want to have a family and kids too. So there might be a period of time where I want to stop for a couple of years. And if my body allows me to come back after that, then so be it. Um, but my hope is to kind of peak in the next couple of years, maybe at like 30, 31, stop, have some kids, and then try to jump back into it if my body says yes. So that's kind of the plan right now. But you know, things change. So who knows what it could be in the next couple of years, but that's my plan right now. I'm going to get to the, the fun question early. I'm just going to completely go in a different direction. And, and, the fun, and the fun question is when I ask athletes who, what their predictions are for yeah. this year's big competition, whether, you know, if I'm talking to a strongman competitor, it's world's strongest man. If I'm talking to Bethany Shadburn, it's the CrossFit games. We don't know exactly what the games are going to look like this year. Maybe when this podcast is released a few weeks after recording, we'll we'll have a, a better idea. But right. no one knows what it's going to look like. It's certainly not going to be in Madison, Wisconsin. Maybe it'll be at the at the ranch in Aromas, California. Whatever it is, who do you see on top of the women's podium at this year's games? Um, it could look very similar to last year, honestly. Um I see Carrie Pierce definitely being up there for sure. She had like one mistake on the last day that kind of cost her a little bit, but she's, she's going to kill it for sure this year. Um, the only reason I say that is I think that it could possibly be somewhat of the same setup as last year, as far as like more endurance events and less strength events, especially this year with like maybe being out on the ranch and more running and stuff. That'd be my prediction if we end up going out there. Um, and that causes for some athletes to maybe do possibly a little bit better, uh, than others, but at the same time, you know, maybe those strength athletes that got cut early on been really working on endurance and maybe during this time during the quarantine, they're able to do that even more than they were before. So could look a little differently, but, um, I assume that it could look like the top 10 could look similar to what it was like last year for sure. I mean, as CrossFit is now an established older sport. In the earlier years, there was a lot of, it seemed like there was a lot of podium variation, right? And then as the sport goes on and on, those top athletes get a little bit more predictable because people aren't just kind of coming out of the woodwork with, with like a year of training under their belt and, right. and, and getting fifth place. Like it's, it's yeah. not really <laughs> happening at this level anymore. I mean, yeah. if it did, I think that's kind of cool. I think that's kind of fun, For but sure. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, who is your, I mean, do you, who is your like favorite athlete to compete against? And the other flip side of that question is, do you see yourself as having any rivals in the sport? <laughs> um, I really, really like competing with Jamie Green and Carrie Pierce. I think overall, they're just really well-rounded athletes and really nice people too outside of the competition floor. So anytime I get to compete with them, I'm always happy to see them on the floor and competing with them or just in the warm-up area. Uh, rivalries. I don't know. I mean, not a rivalry, but me and Amanda have always been, or like the last two years have been back to back as far as placing goes. Like I got 16th, uh, the year before and she got 15th. And then this past year, 
seventh and eighth. So like we're just to give back. just to give just to give readers context who who might not know the the games athletes by first name. Which which Amanda? Oh, sorry, Amanda Barnhart. Strong <laughs> as well. <laughs> Get it, Amanda. She she is uh She's really strong. There's no other yeah. way to say it. During yeah. the clean ladder last year, now mm-hmm. I know I know Tia won the clean ladder. She finished. I think it was like 260 pounds. But right <laughs> Amanda Barnhart made all the weights up until about 250 pounds look like an empty barbell. Yeah, and like she can power clean like stupid amounts. I think she power cleans more than like my one rep max clean. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> It's always fun training with someone like that because you're like, yeah, I can hang with them on certain things. And then you get to like a strength portion and they're just power cleaning something yeah, and yeah. you're you're, nope. you're struggling with it. But it's funny how like how opposite of athletes that we are. Well, she's really good at endurance. Don't get me wrong. She is amazing at endurance. Um, but she's more well known for her strength than endurance. And I'm well more known for the endurance than definitely strength. I don't have that much strength. So it's cool to see like how two – almost different athletes can place right next to each other the last two years. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You you mentioned that you're more known for the endurance events and and you really do excel at them. I think your results speak for themselves. Interestingly enough, you have a a bodybuilding background. You've posted on Instagram before that you have some show muscles, uh, not necessarily the go muscles you always, you, you really want for lifting heavy. Most people who come from like a bodybuilding background, or a powerlifting background, another strength sport that involves strength and a hypertrophy aspect. When they move to CrossFit, their weakness is the endurance. And, right. and, and it seems like that's the opposite for you. And you're the first high-level CrossFit Games athlete I've talked to who had a background in something like bodybuilding, yet your your real, real go-to is, is the endurance aspect of the sport. Why do you think that is? Um, honestly, I think it's just my background going back to gymnastics. Um, and then I think it was just because of my back. So when I got done with gymnastics, I couldn't really do anything for about a year. And then I tried like long distance running. And that seemed to be at the only time uh, that something that didn't hurt my back. So like, well, I guess I'll just do long distance running. So I got into like half marathons and 10Ks. And even in high school, I did like the one and two mile for track and cross country. And so I guess my body just started adapting to more of like the slow twitch and endurance. Um, And then like, I think even when I was just training myself when I was younger, I just always did thousands of reps of everything. And I never did any like interval training or like speed work. And I think it just kind of always went back to my back and how it just, it couldn't handle it. Like even I tried to track doing like the hundred meter dash. Cause people were like, Oh, like you're short and stout. You'd be really good at sprinting. And then I tried it and my back was just like, Nope, can't do it. So I just got used to like all the long endurance stuff. And then even in bodybuilding, like I only did, I did so many reps. Like I never went super heavy on anything because of my back. Like I never put a barbell on my back, nothing. So, uh, when I went into CrossFit, I was like, what? I got to put a barbell <laughs> on my back? I have to squat? What is this? And like, even I didn't even know what a clean and jerk was or a snatch. Like the Olympic weightlifting had no idea what I was doing. So that was all very new to me. But I just remember like even before doing bodybuilding stuff, I would just go into the gym and do like 300 burpees for time. Just like stupid stuff that I knew that my back could handle at that time. So <laughs> I was just if like, I, if I, gym. <laughs> 
if I did 300 burpees for time right now, I wouldn't have a back. I would just be a puddle on the floor, a spineless puddle on the floor. Do you remember? Okay. 300 burpees for time. Was that a real workout you did? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I just was really into burpees for a little bit and that's why like, I don't mind burpees when it comes to CrossFit. Like I don't mind some stuff that people just hate for CrossFit, like the assault bike. I love the assault bike and burpees. I don't mind doing them because I did so much of it, but I would do like 500 burpees for time. Like just stupid, dumb stuff. People are always in the gym like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not even touching a weight. <laughs> One of my go-tos is when I travel, if I get to a hotel, I'll just drop everything and do 100 burpees just to get some movement in and like shake off the fatigue from the plane or something. Yeah. But anything above 150 burpees, just I've <laughs> always thought like, I don't need I don't need to do that. I don't need to – because like if you do 100 burpees for time, you feel pretty pretty spent after, right? But Sure, yeah. yeah. Oh, those – okay. I'm, I'm never working out with you on the road without access to something heavy because these sound like – these sound terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad was the same way though too. Like there is four of us kids growing up and we we're just very hyper kids. And so at night my dad's like, all right, feet underneath the couch, thousand sit-ups, let's go. And like, <laughs> we were just stupid stuff like that. So I just grew up with like endurance, like long number, a lot of numbers and all of that. So <laughs> does your dad do CrossFit? Uh, he's done a couple of CrossFit-esque workouts, but he's more of a Gold's Fit dude. So he's getting there. He's getting there. He did body pump for a long time. I don't know if most people know about body pump from Gold's Gym, but it's basically like total conditioning. You use a barbell a little bit, but not really. He has really bad knees. So I don't think he can ever actually do CrossFit, but he would be good at it if he actually could do it. I, it's, it sounds like you grew up in a – we had very different upbringings. That's what I'm – I'm just going to put it that way. So one thing that I know you're, you're very popular for, and we've actually gotten a few, uh, a few inquiries from readers before about, about this. And when I say that, oh, we get asked all the time. That's normally a crutch, and most people don't mean that. But it's something we actually have been asked about <sighs> is, hey, can you talk to Bethany Shadburn about all her accessory work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting because in the CrossFit space, it's really cool and it's really sexy to post like your big lifts, right? Or it's really cool to post like the, the you know, oh, a new world record Fran time or something. But a lot of what you post isn't what a lot of people would consider the super glamorous stuff. It's not all these PRs. It's like, no. here's a cool variation on single leg RDLs. Sure, and, sure. <laughs> the list goes on. I could I'd like, but but ultimately, the first time I ever started following you on Instagram, this is you know years ago. I was like, okay, cool. I I wonder when she's going to post like the cool stuff. But then over time, I begin to realize, well, this is useful to me because this could help me vary up my own training or, or my own accessory work. Right. Why do you focus so much on posting your accessory work on Instagram? And then the other question is, uh, are these movements coming from your own mind or are they coming from your coach? Yeah. So I post a lot of that just because I don't know. So I got into personal training at like 16, 17, um, and just started doing that like right out of high school. And I ended up taking like a trigger point class, which was, I don't know if most people know about that, but it's just like a foam rolling class basically, but deep tissue. And after that, I was like, this is interesting. I really like this stuff a lot. And so I started doing a lot more of that stuff with my clients for personal training. And, um, I think just being injured a lot throughout the years, I knew that that was going to be really important for me to upkeep throughout. If I, especially if I wanted to do like high level competitions and competing, uh, for a long time. 
And uh, so, yeah, it's just always been a part. Like I, I did it before I started posting on Instagram. I've always been a huge advocate of stretching and foam rolling and um, accessory work and stuff. And it's definitely more of the boring stuff for sure, but <laughs> it definitely gets the job done. And I think more people need more of it compared mm-hmm. to just going into the gym and not warming up correctly. And that's how most CrossFitters get hurt is they're just going to the gym and just start lifting heavy weights. So, um, and on the other hand, I, <laughs> I don't really have any sexy heavy lifts. So <laughs> I rather that. that stuff then. And I think CrossFit workouts too, they get, they're, they're, I'll post some of those, but it gets boring to watch. I feel like sometimes. So I just feel like people could use this stuff more as a general, like public as a whole compared to just doing uh, stupid wads, like. 500 burpees for time. Like I used to do, <laughs> um, or other things like that. You should just, you should just start posting sections of a 500 burpee workout, like 60 <laughs> seconds at a time. Just fill up your feed with that. No, I would not recommend that. Please don't do that. I'm sure, so mad. <laughs> I'm sure your sponsors in your agent would just be like, no, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, to that point, do you think you warm up more or for longer than most CrossFit athletes? Like how long does your normal, Warm up take, and you know, do you think that's generally standard for athletes at your level in this in this sport? <laughs> probably not. I probably I've always been told that I need to uh, slow down on the whole <laughs> warm ups and stuff. Um, and then answering your other question too, I get most of my warm ups and activation stuff from my coaches, but I definitely think of things on my own too. It's kind of like a mixture, and I think just having all the like I've been through so many doctors and prehab people that I just, you know, pick and choose the things that I really like from them. And that helped me, uh, get better. So I've, I've had so many people help me out as far as like accessory work and prehab stuff. Um, but yeah, then what was your other question? I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no worries. It's like, do you, do you think you warm up for, for longer than oh. other folks? Yeah, I think I, I, I definitely need to slow down on the whole warm ups. I think it takes a little bit uh, too much out of my training. Cause then I end up training for, you know, four or five hours compared to two or three hours. But sometimes that helps me just with like my mindset. And, you know, sometimes you go into the gym and you're just like, man, I'm tired or I really don't want to be here. Everyone feels that way every once in a while. And getting a longer warm up in for me helps me like mentally prepare for, um, all the training I'm about to do. So, and then I always think about, like in CrossFit, you're literally using everything every time that you go into the gym, uh, especially if you're training like two or three hours a day. So for me, mentally, I'm like, I need to warm up everything and make sure everything feels okay because I get kinks all the time. If I don't do like my shoulder activation stuff before I hit snatches or anything overhead, up oh, there goes my neck. Like my neck's kind of messed up or just like little things. So uh, for me, it's just important that I get a really good warm up in because my body's just like, I hate you if you don't warm up correctly. <laughs> what are some What are some areas that you think athletes tend to neglect as far as prehab and uh, accessory movements most in the CrossFit space? Uh, definitely sh- uh, a lot of the shoulder stuff and glute activation. Um, I, I'm not perfect at it, and I'm still working on it, but. Uh, I think a lot of athletes tend to use the wrong muscles when it comes to any shoulder to overhead movements or just like getting your core activated when we're lifting. Cause like in CrossFit when we're doing wads, like 
it just happens. Your form is going to go when you're doing, you know, X amount of reps, like 50 reps or 30 reps at a time. So, uh, it just, that stuff happens all the time and making sure that, you know, those muscle groups are really warmed up and ready to go is really important. So you don't get injured or you're hurt for a long time. That makes sense. What do you think are some common misconceptions when it comes to the life of a CrossFit Games athlete? You're a multi-time games competitor. You're a top 10 games competitor. You're one of the literally among the fittest people in the world. And, you know, I, I think that your social media gives insight into a part of the training that we don't often see from top level athletes, which is, which is cool. What other misconceptions or stereotypes do you think folks have about elite athletes or athletes at your level? I think just in general with uh, Instagram and social media, like things always look happy and perfect. But I think as athletes, we definitely have more bad days than good days <laughs> where we're either like, I, especially before competition, like leading up to it, I'm crying in the gym and it's just, there's a lot of suffering that goes on and we don't always show that on social media. Um, so there's definitely a whole lot of that going on more than anything. And I think a lot of athletes too, we're not just, it's not just about working out and then sitting the rest of the day. Like we're constantly doing things and trying to make ourselves better. And there's just a lot of prehab and rehab that we're doing. Or some people are still like, I still coach on the side. So I'm coaching either before I work out or after or both. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot throughout the day, but I think the biggest thing is like, it, there's a lot of hard days, uh, a lot of hard days and a lot of training that goes into um, being able to go out on the competition floor and, and do our best. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of days where we're all crying and thinking that we're not good enough. I think a lot, especially nowadays, especially during the quarantine, I think a lot of athletes are like, crap, this blows how much training we're not getting in or like the things that we can't do. So we don't feel like we're ready to go as far as like competing at the games. Um, so it, once again, it'll be an interesting year, but I think that as athletes, we're just like, man, not good enough. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So it's, it's certainly easy to have imposter syndrome with, with anything at a high level. And I think a lot right. of, a lot of us, listening in can can relate to that well on that positive note uh, i will say i i'm excited for i'm excited for the rest of this year for you i'm excited to to watch how the game season unfolds in general and and also for you where is the best pe place for people to follow along with your training your legitimately and I, I absolutely mean this useful accessory work and what's going on with you and you know the crossfit Games season calendar yeah well thank you for that um mostly on instagram i'm there all the time uh, with Bethany CF. That's the easy username, but yeah, you'll find me there. I try to get back with everyone too. That's always my goal on, on the DMS and stuff. So yeah, if you have questions, always go through the DMS and hopefully I'll get back with you. I'm sorry if I don't, but yeah. That's oh, also <laughs> before I forget what's up with the Crocs, I see you working out in Crocs all the time. <laughs> they're just comfy. I've, I've always worn them. I remember like one of my girlfriends that I've known for like 20 years, she was like, Bethany, did you know that you were wearing Crocs at like 12 or 13? And I was like, what really? Cause I remember there was like a period where I wasn't wearing them. And she's like, look at this picture. You've got Crocs on. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, but I don't know. They're just like really comfortable. They're real ugly. I know that, but, uh, uh, <laughs> they're just, they're an instant mood changer for me. I just put them on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. So, and they're good. Like 
pre-workout shoes and post-workout. You take your shoes off, slide them into the Crocs. It's like walking on clouds. So yeah, there isn't anything crazy about it. I just think they're really comfortable. And I know they're real ugly, but I like them. <laughs> that, that, is the, that is the best piece of advice that we've ever heard on the Barben podcast. That's secret. That's a secret from the, the mind of Bethany Shadburn. Wear Crocs before and after a workout. Enhance your recovery. Feel like a champ. Bethany, never change a thing about the Crocs. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much for your time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. 